Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Welcome, everybody. Good to see you on this Wednesday, the last day, at least for, you know, what we're paying attention to at SEC Media Days as uh, Coach Kiffin made his rounds yesterday and Coach Leach will make his rounds today. Got to be careful. Got to be careful calling guys by their first name. Welcome in to the live stream. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you guys are with me. Again, it's the effectively... Uh, the final day of uh, SEC Media Days for Mississippi. Anyway, Mike Leach uh, will be making his rounds today. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what Lane Kiffin said yesterday, if he said anything uh, that stood out to you at all. He's uh, kind of mastered the art of coach speak, as it turns out. Didn't say a whole lot, but there was something in there that stood out to me. And then we'll turn the page. What do you expect from Mike Leach today? You know, what can he say? What What are you looking forward to hearing from Mike Leach today, and then the controversy of the day yesterday. Uh, Coach Sanders or Coach Prime, uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm, I don't know if I should say his his name, um, uh, the head football coach at Jackson State, made waves yesterday for walking out on a Zoom press conference because a reporter dared call him by his name. So we'll get to all of that right here on the stream. Glad that you guys are with me, as you always are. Good to see you on this Wednesday morning. My name, if you're a first-time watcher, viewer, listener, whatever, is Michael Borky. This is done every morning at about 8 a.m. right here on Periscope, which is how most of you are watching right now. Uh, Also on my YouTube channel, just search my name on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and if you like what you're hearing, like the video on YouTube. Also Facebook, like my Facebook page, you can find it there. And also wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning, uh, we'll turn up results wherever you get them and subscribe to the podcast. This gets uploaded every day. And once football season comes around, you've got weekend content coming your way right here on the live stream. So uh, complimenting the radio show, if you will. And I'm glad you guys uh, are tuned in and, and watching. Good to see you. JP says, top of the Wednesday morning, Bork. What's good and how are you this morning? Lane has given us plenty to discuss this morning. Um. I'm feeling good, man. I stayed up to watch the Bucks win last night. Giannis is just an incredibly likable person. And so, Amer- I mean, his story, his journey is American exceptionalism at its finest, even though he's Greek. I know that sounds weird, but the same concept with Otani. You know, Giannis leaves Greece. Uh, he sent all of his money when he was a rookie back to his family in Greece, and literally all of his money. And he couldn't afford a cab to the arena after he sent it to him because he literally sent all of them, all of them, or, or all of the money to his family. He comes here from Greece. He he falls in love with Milwaukee and commits to Milwaukee and, and is humble and, and just an incredible quote and is great with fans and, and young kids and, and is committed to Milwaukee and, and 
this is it's just the American dream, right? You know, it, it feels weird to say that because again, he's not American. He's he's Greek, but just that is why I I love this place so much. Stories like Giannis's. I love that guy. I, I think he's great for the sport. I think he's great for sports. Um, he's obviously an incredible dude. Uh, the quotes after the game last night were awesome with, you know, I could have joined a super team. I could have done it that way. But I, I, I came here to start something, and I needed to finish it. That kind of stuff I just love. So that was good. Feeling good, man. Got my, uh, my run in this morning. Got vacation coming up. I need that one bad. <laughs> Um, lots been going on around here. I need a reset. And so I'm getting that here soon. Feeling good, man. Feeling really good. Wayne, good morning. Randall, good morning to you. And then JP continues and says, uh, what stood out to me addressing players leaving and calling it what it is free agency, but the follow-up comment about coaches doing the exact same things when better opportunities arise that spoke volumes. Enjoyed that in lane being real. I'll tell you what, for all of the, uh, the bad boy stuff that Kiffin gets, and look, I understand why. I'm not going to try to tell you that he he hasn't deserved the reputation he's gotten. Uh, he has. He's earned that. And I mean, last night after they get they touch down on the plane in Oxford after media days, he's already back like on the boat about to go fishing again. I mean, it, you know, he, he's he's that guy. Uh, but for all of the goofiness and the Twitter. And, you know, running around with a young girlfriend and all that stuff through all of that is somebody that really gets it, honestly. Uh, and, and he proved that yesterday, especially with that quote about players leaving. Yeah, I think he was asked specifically about Jacquez Jones leaving. And he was like, that's the nature of it. He said, it, you know, I had an assistant coach or we have assistant coaches that get upset with the prospect of players leaving. But then that assistant coach would take a better job at the very first opportunity. He's exactly right which is why I've advocated for the penalty-free transfer because, my gosh, Dan Mullen left Mississippi State to go to Florida within the division. Nothing happens to him. He's not penalized. He doesn't have to sit out a year. He just got to go. Why can't the players? I mean, you know, maybe it does some things to, to college football. Maybe it makes roster building harder, and maybe it doesn't teach a great lesson to the kids about sticking it out and working hard and all that. Maybe it does all those things. But regular students can transfer, and they don't. They can keep their scholarships, and then they can do whatever they want. Coaches can leave whenever they want, wherever they want, and they're not penalized. Why can't the players? So that was really perspective on his part, and uh, I appreciated that. Randall, what, what a lame kind of day. Such a great dry wit. He will slay you when you won't even know it. Yeah. I, I mean, he had a couple of one-liners yesterday that were funny, but by and large, like, what did we learn? You know, what did we learn from Lane Kiffin yesterday? Not much, honestly, as far as, like, his football team and stuff like that. If you watch his press conference you know the the speech that didn't last very long he just kind of wanted to get in and get out um he he didn't tell us much he's coach speaky he's kind of mastered the art of coach speak um he didn't say a whole lot yesterday uh but you did get some humor with uh the urban meyer story about how he didn't vote tim tebow all sec at media days and he had to bring urban meyer his ballot to prove to him that it wasn't him uh, that was pretty funny. Um, the, the stuff with Bryce Young and how 
He's already making a million dollars. He didn't have to play this year. I mean, if he's that rich, why does he need to play? <laughs> I love that too. Uh, that's good stuff. But um, as far as learning about his football team, we didn't do much of that yesterday, and that's kind of how it should be. Um, you know, he said he lost weight because he's not going to eat until they play good defense again. <laughs> you know, it's some funny stuff mixed into to a lot of coach speak. But the one thing that uh, that stood out to me, aside from the Bryce Young stuff, which is just funny, right? I mean, like he got asked about it and he was surprised and he answered. And then like two questions later, he's asked about Jerry and Ely and was like, wait, hold on. I got to say more. This kid's making a million dollars. That was really funny. They hadn't started a game yet. Kids make about to make seven figures. You know, good for him. Free market, capitalism, all that good stuff. Um, he did say one thing, though, on that question about Jerry and Ely that you know we've talked about a good bit uh, throughout the, the last few months, and it's his usage. Because, you know, the question, how are you going to replace Elijah Moore? And Corral was asked about that yesterday, and he said, you don't. You don't. He's, he was like, I'm confident in the receivers, but you don't replace a guy like him. And he should be. You know, they've got some pieces left behind that have shown you that they can be impact players in the SEC. But that question, I've ranted about it a lot, is exhausting to me. Who's going to replace Elijah Moore? Or, or more especially, this guy is going to replace Elijah Moore. Like, John Rice Plumley is going to replace Elijah Moore. No, he's not. They don't have an Elijah Moore on that team. It's hard to fathom how special he was. I mean, really go back and watch him in SEC-only games, breaking single-season records at Ole Miss in only eight games, and they were all against SEC opponents in the same school that A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and Laquan Treadwell and Mike Wallace, all these guys played for. Dante Moncrief. All these guys played at Ole Miss, and he broke their record in four fewer games against the toughest competition. I mean, he's the best route runner that I've seen play at Ole Miss. Got the best hands that I've seen play at Ole Miss. And you saw the way he performed at the Combine. You, you don't just replace that. And so that, that line of thinking has always bothered me. And I, I appreciate Matt Corral being honest. How do you replace him? You don't. You don't. We don't have another Elijah Moore, I think was the direct quote. Uh, good. Because that's true. But... I like Drummond. I, I think he can really do some good things, and a healthy Braylon Sanders can make an NFL roster. Like they've got some talent there, but specifically Jerry and Ely. We've talked about that a lot. I think the the running back room at Ole Miss is so deep with Ely and Connor and Parrish and Kentrell Bullock. There, they're really high on. It's a really deep room. And Kiffin said yesterday he's got a, a multifaceted skill set that they can use him in different ways, and that you know, made me perk up a little bit. Use him in different ways. And the comparison's an easy one because I'm a Saints fan, but it's true. I think Alvin Kamara is the most diverse player in the NFL as far as skill set and ability. Uh, he can run between the tackles and do so physically. He's shifty. He's got breakaway speed. He can catch the football. Um, I think he's that diverse in skill set. Jerry and Ely has a similar ability. I'm not saying he's Alvin Kamara. I'm not doing that, but you can use him in the same way. And we've talked about that a lot, you know, to supplement Elijah Moore's missing production, you know, Dontario Drummond, Jonathan Mingo, Braylon Sanders, they all have to step up, but using Jerry and Ely more creatively 
can really help because you can create mismatches with him and the inevitable linebacker that's going to have to cover him out of the backfield or just straight up using him in the passing game, stuff like that, going a lot of two-back sets with him and Connor or him and Parrish or Connor and Parrish, all that stuff. They can be more creative because of the diversity of skill set that Ely has. And that that was the one thing that, you know, we've talked about a lot. We've, you know, thought out loud about it. But Kiffin actually said it yesterday. And so that kind of tells me they are prepared to use him in flexible ways, uh, which is good. You know, that's really good. Uh, I think that that's Jerry and Ely's path to being an early round pick in the NFL is showing that he's got some diversity in the backfield and, and he can do that in that offense this year. Other than that, I mean, he was asked about defense and, you know, gave stock answers. He was asked about Matt Corral's turnovers and um, gave some pretty stock answers. That was Kiffin's day. It was pretty low key. It was pretty, pretty low key. Uh, Corral was impressive. Um, you know, he's been through some stuff as far as his football career and, and stuff like in personal situations, some of which he created himself. Uh, but I did notice some confidence and maturity from him yesterday that we hadn't really heard in the past. Uh, I was impressed by him, especially when he was asked about the turnovers. Uh, it was impressive. I, um, you know, it's just it's talking season. Uh, you can say a lot of great things and behind the scenes not be doing them. You know, that's that's pretty common, right? Yeah, you can say a lot and not be doing any of it. So it doesn't matter until the games are played. But he did seem. One, he talked about the Arkansas game where it was uh, a lack of seeing something on film, a type of coverage that Arkansas was doing that was confusing him, and now he knows what to look for and stuff like that. But there was a lot of self-reflection and responsibility and ownership of it, and we'll see if that turns into a better product. Uh, He was asked yesterday about having the same scheme, and and Lane Kiffin even touched on that some, where this is the first time in years Matt Corral's played in the same offense, and that should really pay dividends for him going into the season, actually being familiar with the system because he's run it before, unlike the last four years of his life, basically. So that's really all I think that we can take away from this. You know, everybody expects the defense to be better uh, on paper. They should be. We'll see. You know, if they're not, Lane Kiffin's going to really keep losing some weight. So, uh, but Corral's impressive, said the right things. Kiffin was kind of coach speaky, but little humor mixed in there. Um, but it's kind of a low key, appropriate approach to SEC media days, honestly. And, you know, they didn't make any waves. Kiffin was funny. Corral was impressive. They didn't really say a whole lot. They said the right things, and we'll see if it materializes into, uh, into something more. Into something more. Back to the comments. JP says, indeed, in reference to your tweet, Giannis may not be completely human and a little bit of <laughs> T-1000 inside of him. Awesome for a small market to get a title. Suck it, ESPN. Yeah, yeah we're forgetting that we that he hyperextended his knee and everybody thought it was an ACL tear like three weeks ago. Um, he's not human. I mean, 50 points and the way he did it, too, just so impressive. Physically, just so impressive. Um, and yeah. You don't have to form a super team to win a title. You can, and and, you know ESPN's just hating this because they actually have to cover small markets now, and you know that just eats them alive. Um, 
really happy for for Drew Holiday too. I mean, he deserves it. He he was it just kept his head down in New Orleans and dealt with a lot of bad leadership and bad rosters and a bad GM and a bad situation with Anthony Davis. And he was the one that had to answer to all of it and handled it with class. He's a good dude, and uh, he deserved that as well. Lane took the positive route about our food. That was an endorsement for Food Fridays, if we're reading between the lines. Yeah, Lane uh, uh, was complimenting the food about the get how he gained weight in uh, in Mississippi and said it was a selling point and stuff like that. Um, so now Coach Leach, Coach Leach, I think I've called Coach Kiffin Lane a couple of times, and, and please, please, Coach Kiffin, forgive me for, for committing such a terrible act. Um, Mike Leach is making his rounds today. I'm really curious to hear from Aaron Brule. I, I think that um, he's a guy that, you know, I, although I'm not there, I, I know that he, amongst SEC media, aside from Cole Kublik, who knows everyone, um, is, is a bit undersold. Aaron Brule was one of the best players in college football last year in quarterback pressures and, and getting to the quarterback. Now you look at sack numbers and you think, how can that be? Too many people just look at sack numbers and, and will just say, oh, that guy's a great pass rusher. Aaron Brule gets to the quarterback uh, in terms of sacks, hurries, and hits on the quarterback, disrupting the throw as good as anybody in college football, according to the advanced statistics. And I, I think that he should be an all-league caliber player. But I don't know if he's getting enough credit for that just because of how, you know, SEC media and, and media days and stuff operates. Mississippi State was not great last year. And the stories about Mike Leach and his offense, and they forgot that Zach Arnett had a salty freaking defense last year. And Arnett's back and Brulee's back. And they've got a secondary led by Emmanuel Forbes that is going to be really good or should be really, really good. You know, you lose Thompson and Kobe Jones and others, but I expect I'm a big fan of Zach Arnett and his scheme anyway. But Today's not an important day because at the end of the day, hype doesn't really matter. Um, but it, it, this would be a really good day for Mississippi State to get Aaron Brule in front of people and, and really showcase him, the person, and then people will look him up and be like, oh, wow, it, you know, this is a great player. Why have we not talked about this kid more? And so it, it's a really good opportunity. Uh, for Mississippi State to showcase what should be an all-league player. I'm a huge fan of uh, Aaron Brule, or Brule, as uh, multiple broadcasters last year called him, Aaron Brule. Um, the SID is like one room over if you want to make sure you're getting their names right. But, uh, you know, joke's on me. I, I, I get names wrong all the time. I still can't say Giannis's last name. Even though I know how to say it, I still can't say it. So, uh, joke's on me. But Aaron Brule is an all-league caliber player. And uh, hopefully people there pay attention. Uh, hopefully Mississippi State puts him on all the radio shows today. Get him out there because he's that good. And that defense should be that good. But Mike Leach, of course, is uh, is the show. And I, he's going to be asked, and I'm looking forward to hearing his answer. And he may not give one. Um, Lane Kiffin and like Nick Saban's coach speak is different than Mike Leach's coach speak. <laughs> Sometimes Mike Leach will go off into these woods where you, you know, you, you don't know where he's headed. Uh, he doesn't say a whole lot in terms of answering the question, but he says a whole lot. That's really interesting. He approaches it differently and it's, it's really funny. 
Um, but he will be asked about the offense. You know, you got blanked twice last year. Forget the two points at Kentucky. You got blanked twice last year. How, how did that happen? He's going to be asked about quarterbacks, and he will not give an answer. Not a, not a real one, anyway. And I actually believe that the competition is wide open. When Mike Leach today, when he's asked about quarterbacks, and he says it's an open competition, he's telling the truth. He is, without a doubt, telling the truth that it's an open competition. Because it is. I believe him. Like that, This is... This is not a Hugh Freeze, Chad Kelly, Ryan Buchanan situation. Um, Chad Kelly was always going to be the starting quarterback at Ole Miss. That's why they signed him. This is a situation where I truly do believe that it's an open competition with three participants in it. I actually believe that. Uh, So, you know, some folks there will probably roll their eyes about that, but no, he'll be telling the truth. He will absolutely be telling the truth. And, uh, you know, I, the quirky stuff is good and funny. I, I am interested, though, to hear how he answers questions about his offense and and how will it be better in year two. Uh, I'm curious to know because it was bad last year. I mean, let's be honest. It was not good. Uh, yeah, they put up a bunch of yards late against Ole Miss, the second worst defense in SEC football history. Yeah, they scored a bunch against Missouri, who was playing a quarterback at safety because they had no other option. Uh, it has got to look better this season. Has got to. I think it will. You have a two-decade-long sample size with Mike Leach. That's why I, I'm not going so far as like Barrett Saligos, where last year was proof that the offense won't work. I, I'm not there. No, no shot. I actually defended Mike Leach on the now-defunct Sunday show uh, all season. Last season, it was always going to be there were always going to be growing pains, um, but it has to look good better now, without a doubt. But to completely dismiss him already going into this season, I think is a little bit silly. When yes, they don't play the same defense in the Pac-12 and the Big 12 as they do the SEC. True, but for two decades that offense has worked at the Power Five level. We really going to sit here and try to say that? A COVID year with a true freshman quarterback and your best weapon on offense was also a true freshman and the offense doesn't look good. That means the 20 years, are they're just gone. They're just gone. Forget everything I've seen for two decades. Mike Leach, yeah, he's a bum. No, we can't do that. That would be really silly to do, honestly. Uh, but it has to look good, and it has to look good in week two. Uh, I, I expect them to beat Louisiana Tech rather comfortably, but NC State comes in with an experienced football team and a good quarterback, 19, I believe, returning starters for NC State. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's going to be a tough challenge. So it has to be better right away, but I am not going to try to convince anybody that it won't be because that would be silly. Thoughts on the Coach Prime debate? I'll get to that in one second, I promise, because... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Mike Leach. JP, it's Coach Leach. Get it right. Get it right. Don't call him Mike. That's only his name. (laughs) Is, uh, Is an intriguing, interesting figure. I've always marveled at his approach to moving the football. Moreover, enjoyed every article, TV, interview, or game he's called. Random tidbit. Coach Leach, not Mike. Come on, JP. Spent some time working for CBS Sports Network, was the color analyst for several games during the Fedora era. 
Met him after we beat Virginia, we being Southern Miss, for those of you uh, listening, uh, in 2009. Just a good dude, well-read and spoken indeed. Um, Randall says, swing your sword. The Pirate is so unpredictable. Saw the spring game and the quarterback job should be open. Leach may make a change, but it's not in his nature. Uh, it's wide open. It is wide open. Believe him when he says that today. Um, I, I hope, though, th- the best part about Mike Leach is not when you ask him just off-the-wall questions like, hey, coach, who would win in a fight, a duck the size of a bear or the bear the size of a duck? You know, that d- don't do that with him. What, what really gets him going is when he says something, answering a different question, and he'll just make reference to something, and then you steer him in that direction. You know, just those random one-offs, I think they're they're rarely good. And, I mean, you know, he's a funny guy, so he'll he'll give you funny answers. But the best Mike Leach is when you feed off of what he's talking about and, and get him going. You know what I mean? Instead of just bringing up some random hypothetical. Uh, you know, on the radio show last time he was on, we asked him about his time in Cuba because he made a random reference to it, and it was like, wait. You've been to Cuba? And he gave an inc- just a fascinating answer after that. That's where Mike Leach is at his best. Not, uh, who would win in a fight? No. I mean, it's good. It's good. But it's better, I think, when when you steer him instead of just randomly pop stuff up. I don't know. That's just me. I, I, just, I hope we don't get those on the main stage today. Because um, I, I do want to hear some football from him. Is that being like a, you know, crusty media guy that I actually want to hear the coach talk about football. Um, he's an interesting dude. He's a really interesting dude. But uh, I actually want to hear some football questions before we get into the, you know, who would win uh, a, in a fight, a duck the size of a bear or a bear the size of a duck. Um, anyway. All right, let's talk about this uh, this thing, this thing with Deion Sanders yesterday. Uh, I, I want to try something with you guys. Tell me if you can hear this. I can't quite figure out how to, I don't think I can, play audio from my computer that goes through the stream and out to you. I think I have to get like another connection into this really old mixer. Uh, but tell me if you can hear this. You probably can't, but tell me if you can hear this. So audio is playing right now. Can you hear it? Okay, let me know, because my mixer is showing that sound is going out when that audio is playing, but I don't know if the software I'm using can pull it off my computer and play it to you. Uh, so, no. Dang it. Okay, I'll uh, I'll have to figure it out then, um, because I want to be able to play stuff like that for you instead of just off my phone, you know? But uh, I'll play it off my phone. <laughs> uh, you know, really, uh, really good stuff here. Well, it's not good stuff at all. Um, I mean, it's good that I'm having to do this. Anyway, so here's Deion Sanders yesterday during the SWAC Media Day. That's also, ironically, going on in Birmingham. Um, Here's Deion Sanders yesterday talking to Nick Suss. Absolutely harmless, harmless, uh, good, good at his job. Nick Suss just asking a question. To Deion Sanders, and here's how that exchange went. Sus, you're up. 
Hey, Dion, I was just wondering if you could. Oh, uh, hold on. Let's back up a little bit. You don't call Nick Saban Nick. Don't call me Dion. Okay? I call Nick Saban Nick. Yeah, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's a lie. You, if you call Nick Nick, you know you get cussed out on the spot. So don't do that. Treat me like Nick. Okay, Dion. Um, just, uh... And then he walks out. First of all, baller move from Nick Suss after he go- he does all that to go, Okay, Dion, one more time. That's a baller move right there. I love that. But how pathetic is that? Um, you know, here's the thing. First of all, credit to Nick Suss for, for standing his ground. Uh, Dion Sanders is a football coach. I am a broadcaster. You guys are salespeople or, or you work in hospitals or, or whatever you do. Um do you refer to anybody other than a medical doctor? And even when I see the doctor, I don't call them doctor most of the time anyway. I mean, sometimes it'll come out. But aside from a medical doctor, do you refer to anybody in life by their professional title? Even your boss, do you refer to them as whatever their position is? CEO? Uh, the the president of Super Talk, somebody I, I respect greatly. I mean, she, she's phenomenal um but i don't call her president dylan uh you know what i mean Uh, in what profession does that happen none of them except for in the medical field um and, and the premise is wrong so credit to nick suss for standing his ground because Deion sanders is not his football coach so you don't refer to him as coach Nick's a reporter. Dion's a football coach. He does not coach Nick Suss. Two adult men don't have to have that. Uh, but the, the the entire premise of the faux outrage is wrong because reporters call Nick Saban Nick all the time. And not only does he not cuss them out, forgive my language, he didn't give a shit because he's an adult man talking to other adult men and women. I mean, I listen to Nick Saban press conferences quite often. I listen to press conferences for coaches all over the country all the time. And they are, I hear their name more than I hear coach. It's not a thing. The entire premise is wrong. Nick Saban does not care at all, at all, about being called by his name. Doesn't bother him because those reporters are not his players. If he is your coach, call him coach. It's all good. But that thats that faux outrage, it, it's not even rooted in any kind of reality. In no professional setting do you do that. And you certainly don't need to do that to a football coach. So, again, credit to, to Nick Suss for, for not caving because that's lame. Uh, he's not your coach. It's crazy, but um, if that's a work, you know, like the wrestling term, I, mean, I don't watch wrestling, but apparently I use that term correctly. If that's a work, if that is uh, if that is Deion Sanders just trying to build up publicity or whatever, um, I think it, I don't think it helps, honestly. Because on one hand, you can say during SEC media days, Everybody's talking about Deion Sanders. That hey, that's true. I don't buy into the all press is good press concept, though. I don't really buy it. Because first of all, 
everybody's talking about Dion, not his football team. Everybody's talking about why didn't that reporter call him Coach Prime or whatever. That that's not promoting your team, your school. Um, yeah, sure, his name is in the news cycle. I'm talking about him now. I probably wouldn't have otherwise. But when the reaction is exclusively bad and lame, is that really good to be in the news? I don't know. I mean, maybe it is. I, I just I think the all press is good press concept is is wrong when the press is exclusively negative. Because what does that what does that gain? And so now this is what the third time or fourth time something like this has gone on where. It, gets up out of a press conference because Nick Suss dared, dared call him his name. Uh, stuff was stolen from my locker during the game. It it wasn't. I got a reporter fired in Jackson for putting something out there uh, about a potential staff that wasn't accurate. Well, that reporter still works at the station in Jackson. What are we doing here? What What are we doing here? Um, it's a bad one. It's a really bad one. And on top of that, um, if you're trying to posture into getting a bigger job, this story and then another thing that happened yesterday. So reading from the USA Today, a another reporter, different reporter from same publication that that Nick Suss works for. I don't know if these are connected or not, but um, the reporter was barred from covering the Jackson State football team at the SWAC Media Day on Tuesday. Again, reading from USA Today. After his story was published on a domestic violence charge against the highest-ranked high school recruit in program history. Rashad Milligan, as his name, was blocked by two JSU officials from covering Deion Sanders' program in Birmingham. Sanders did not want Milligan interviewing JSU players and coaches. JSU Director of Internal Affairs, Latoya Williams, told Milligan. Uh, the incident occurred one day after Milligan reported the court filing stating that uh, Quadarius Davis, an incoming four-star wide receiver from Dallas, was expected to plead guilty on a charge of assault causes bodily injury, family violence, a misdemeanor in Texas stemming from an incident in March. Or in March. So if that is true, um, and then, so that report comes out. You allegedly blocked the reporter from covering your program when he accurately reported on a situation. See, that that's not the whole Kiffin pregnancy rumor, putting Mississippi State fans' tweets into an article. That was flat-out garbage, just flat-out garbage from that publication. It should have never run. But that's reporting. Player, domestic assault, charge. Like all that stuff, that's reporting. And you don't think that that's going to happen if you get the Florida State job that you want? You you don't think that people are going to be critical of your program at Florida State? You don't think that if your player gets arrested, that's going to be reported heavily? You think that you can get away with barring reporters from covering your program when they accurately report something? Again, it's not that tabloid stuff that the same publication ran a couple weeks ago. That's just reporting, straight up reporting. This is it's all just it's a bad look for whatever it's worth. It, it's a it's a really bad look. And you can't do stuff like this and get the Florida State job because reporters that cover Florida State are going to call you 
you by your name, and they're going to report on players getting arrested. The whole thing is a joke. Even if it's a work, it's a bad one because it's, it's not rooted in reality. Most importantly, it's not rooted in reality, but it's also just super lame. I mean, kid was just, I call him a kid. Nick is probably my age, uh, doing his job. That's all he was doing. And he, an adult man, referred to another adult man by his first name. Wasn't disrespectful. Wasn't anything. It's crazy. And the fact that there are very few, but the fact that there are people that actually think that Dion was in the right is mind-blowing. It's just crazy. He's earned the title of coach. You should respect that title. No, no, we should not. And nobody should respect my title either for whatever it is. Call me Michael. You can call me Borky too if you want. Don't call me by anything else. I haven't earned anything in your life. You know what I mean? Football coach is an earned title for his team. And you can, I mean, I, you know, I hear people and listeners and all that stuff refer to Lane Kiffin as Coach Kiffin. It's all good. It's fine. You know, he's coaching your football team that you like all good. I hear people refer to Mike Leach as Coach Leach. All good. Reporters, when they do it, it's fine. It's all good. If you want to go down that road, it's all good. Like, there, there's nothing bad about doing it. You just don't have to. It's ridiculous that this is a story. It's just, it's small time. And you want that Florida State job? Can't do stuff like this. All press is not good press. This is lame. It's distracting from your actual football team and your program. Oh, Dion's in the news. Yeah, that's great. What about Jackson State? Are they in the news? No, it's just Dion. Oh, ex- coach. Sorry. Sorry. So you kind of could hear that. Okay, I'll try to figure it out. I, I don't know what to do about the, the audio thing. Um, I might just have to play stuff off my phone. I don't know. How can you be a leader of men acting like that, Coach? Jeez. See, I've seen people spin it to say that that's, he, he is trying to show his players how to be respectful. I, it, it's an awful lesson. Uh, negative. If I'm looking you in the eyes, I'm calling you by your name, JP says. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I mean, in the medical field, doctor, all good. I had a professor that had a doctorate. I referred to them as doctor. It's fine. Um, but again, the president of my company, who I respect more than any person in my professional life, I don't call her President Dylan. It's be, and that doesn't bother her because uh, she's an adult. But anyway, Jody says, how many reporters call Coach Saban Nick when he takes the podium this morning just to prove Sus correct over under five? Every single one, I imagine. Unless, like, Touchdown Alabama Magazine gets up there. But, like, Kirby Smart yesterday. First question. Hey, Kirby. You'll, I mean, people were sharing clips from Saban press conferences of the past where everybody's like, hey, Nick, tell me about uh, this tight end. Or, hey, Nick, this. Hey, Nick, that. Whatever. I mean, it's it's just such a complete non-anything. It's completely made up out of thin air. Nick Saban does not care if you call him by his name at all. Like, it's completely manufactured to pull it out of nothing and nowhere. Sanders is tr- Randall says Sanders is just trying to be the center of attention using the word coach as a stretch. And again, if media people do that, it's it's certainly it's fine. But when you're the center of attention because of stuff like this, what what are you really gaining? I guess that's my question. What do you gain from this if it is a work? What do you gain from it? Nothing. 
Prime, if you want to be called that permanently, give Ocho Cinco a call and follow that route, please. Until then, your government name is your government name. Go win some games, some SWAT games now, and enjoy being called Dion because the trolls of the world are going to be on your heels now, Dion. <laughs> I call doctors by their first name if they respect you as a man up and down the hospital. It's no big deal. Yeah, well, you working in the hospital, I imagine, is different than people like me, you know? Um, when I sprained my ankle last year, you know, I, I go see the doctor and I call him doctor, his last name. Um, I think they used to be a sponsor, so I'm not going to shout them out. But anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, it's uh, the whole thing is just it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, Jackson, Deion Sanders is in the news today. But for what? For what? Um, I just don't get it. I don't get the people defending it. It just doesn't make sense. He He's not Nick Suss's football coach. So Nick doesn't have to call him coach. <sighs> oh, well. Oh, well. We were supposed to have him on the show tomorrow, and, and that fell through. Before this. Yeah, Scott, this is a good point. As fast as he jumped on Nick with a response, he was waiting to go off and grab attention. Yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me at all if that's... If that's the case, I mean, maybe he was mad at the Clarion Ledger for reporting on one of his players. If the if the freaking Clarion Ledger bothers you, good luck coaching at a major program where you, you get scrutinized. Actually scrutinized. They don't get scrutinized here. A, a reporter's going to write a story about a player if he gets in trouble, but there's no scrutiny here. Hell, there's barely any scrutiny for the SEC schools here. So, anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really excited to hear from Mike Leach today, and, and especially Aaron Brule. Uh, I, I just I think he's an all-league caliber player, and I hope he gets promoted today uh, the way he deserves. So, good stuff from Kiffin and, and Corral yesterday. Hopefully, we get some more good stuff from Leach and uh, his players today. Looking forward to that and talking about that with you tomorrow. And anything else that comes up between now and uh, and then, for sure. Go Bucks. Really happy for the city of Milwaukee, and I'll talk to you guys uh, tomorrow morning. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.